This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. I decided that I would make a case for using somewhat unconventional vegetable for a lot of people in the coming winter months and even potentially incorporating it into your Thanksgiving feast. The vegetable in question is fennel and I have several posts on my blog this week starting with one last week for a vegan lentil salad that should not be viewed only as a vegan dish. It's a hearty, protein-packed, fiber-rich dish that I think particularly goes well this time of year as we're in that transition season into into wintertime fare. That's one to check out at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish under the headline, Hearty Lentil Salad Delivers Duo of Fennel. And that was posted on November 7th. It's one of many, many posts to my blog over the past 12 years that mentions fennel. I said in this week's post that there's been over 70 mentions of fennel in my blog, which is strange given that I came to this vegetable late and it should be one that I'm not particularly enamored of, given that a lot of people associate it with anise, the flavoring for black licorice, which I do not care for. In fact, that's a different plant. They're not the same, although fennel in grocery stores will be mislabeled anise quite often. They're different. And in fact, the bulb itself really doesn't have that licorice flavor. If anything, the seeds do which I think we've all experienced in um, dishes that traditionally have fennel seeds, Italian sausage being one. It, it's often used in baked goods, particularly with raisins. It, yeah, they do taste a little licorice but the raw bulb is very, very benign, but very interesting. It, it just gives your food a slightly different flavor, a slightly different twist. And I found that I really like to use it in dishes that commonly would call for celery. And in fact, I've started using fresh fennel stalks, which I previously pretty much just used for soup stock to boil with a chicken carcass along with the celery and carrot. And if I didn't have celery, it was obvious that I would use the fennel stalks. I very often don't have celery in my house just because I, I don't really like it in a lot of things. But the fresh fennel stalk, finely diced, really, really makes a great substitution both in raw and cooked dishes. And in fact, I adapted a recipe for one of my current columns in the Meal Tribune food section, which is also called the whole dish. And this was a recipe for pasta and chickpeas from Jamie Oliver's Italy that originally called for a celery stock, which I did not have. So surprise, surprise, but I had a fennel stock. I substituted it, I think, with 
even more delicious results. That column ran under the headline, Flaming Rabbit Sausage Needed to be Tamed. It ran on October 30th in the Mail Tribune's food section, which is at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. The reason why I often have fennel stock on hand, which most people would say is not all that common in their own kitchens, but probably not all that obvious is because when the fennel bulbs are large and firm at the grocery store that I prefer to shop at, Food for Less in Medford, I tend to buy more than one with the intent to use it in a number of ways. Again, both raw and cooked, this vegetable can be used and really, really bring a lot of life to wintertime dishes. It's interesting to me that there are certain items of produce in the grocery store that are always priced by the piece, regardless of how big they are. Lettuce, this makes sense. You know, lettuce is so lightweight. To charge by the pound would make it seem kind of astronomically expensive. So that I'm used to. But fennel bulb is strange to me. It weighs out, I think, in a logical way for people just just based on how heavy it is. And the size can vary so dramatically. I mean, sometimes the bulbs are twice the size that maybe they were the month before, but yet they're always priced the same, $1.98 at Food for Less, or at least as far as I can tell. And so, of course, when they're small, I skip them. This often coincides with a wider variety of summer and fall produce. And then when the weather starts to cool down and fennel's one of those vegetables that will bolt and go to seed in warm weather and it tends to stay more compact in cool weather, the bulbs will start to be quite large again in the produce section. So that's when I, I stock up on these. And most recently, I went to the store and went, oh, yay, big fennel bulbs. I'm going to grab one of those. Went home and realized I already had one in the fridge that hadn't been used in two weeks since my previous grocery shopping trip. But they keep really, really well. The fronds will get slightly wilted. A lot of people use the fronds as a nice herbaceous garnish, although they don't tend to have a ton of flavor. But the stalks and the bulbs will keep quite a long time in the fridge, easily a month. One of my favorite ways to use fennel, and I've mentioned this a number of times over the years in my blog, is to braise it. Very, very simply braise it and serve it as a side dish. I love it on top of cooked pui lentils, which is the lentils that were used in this most recent recipe for the vegan lentil salad. I'll just have a plate of kind of plain cooked lentils, maybe cooked in stock, a little bit of seasoning, arrange the braised fennel bulb kind of around the edge of the plate and then put a poached egg in the middle. And it is so delicious, so satisfying, maybe a few toasted pine nuts sprinkled on top. And the braised fennel, it's very easy. Again, instructions reiterated several times over the years in my blog, just quarter the fennel bulb, have ready in a saute pan some kind of fat, whether you like to use olive oil, whether you like to use butter, I like to use a mixture, or if I have some solid fat on hand, like some bacon fat, I'll use that as well. Sear the fennel bulbs on their cut sides, and you can kind of flip them. Like if you quarter it, they'll have a little like triangular point. So you can sear both sides until they're brown. And then deglaze the pan with some white wine and some stock. You can use only wine or only stock if you just have that on hand, but I prefer 
for best flavor, little white wine, maybe a couple tablespoons, and maybe a quarter cup of preferably homemade stock. And it could be any variety. It could be chicken, vegetable, beef, seafood, whatever you happen to have on hand. It's perfectly acceptable, of course, to mix up a stock from a bouillon. I like the better than bouillon paste that comes in the jars. Put the lid on the pan, turn the heat down, and just let the fennel bulbs braise for 15 minutes until they're soft when pierced with a fork. And the very, very inner part is gets to be the softest. It's just meltingly tender and so delicious. It's something I would highly recommend adding to your Thanksgiving feast for just something slightly unusual or add the fennel bulb and the fennel stock to your stuffing. Don't eliminate your onion and celery bring in the fennel for a wider variety of flavor, but saute the bulb just as you would the onion and dice up the stock and use it just as you would the celery in a wide variety of things. A lot of people like celery dip for their appetizer around the holidays too. It'd be delicious with very, very finely diced fennel stock. And the stock itself can get a little coarse, sort of like the lower ends of celery ribs. So a fine dice is preferable if you're eating it raw. The bulb eaten raw and very, very thinly sliced has a texture a little bit more like cabbage and lends that sort of mouthfeel to slaws and salads in the wintertime in particular. So consider those two options. The other place that I love fennel is in pasta dishes, and I've developed a recipe over the years that I have also alluded to in a number of my blogs, and that's for a pasta puttanesca sort of riff, a play on that dish that most often has brine cured olives and garlic and anchovies, very strong flavors. And I really wanted something to lighten up those flavors of basically a pantry staple pasta. But of course, I was looking at preparing a pantry staple pasta because pretty much all I had on hand were pantry staples. And, you know, that doesn't lend itself to a lot of freshness. Although I had a fennel bulb in the fridge. And again, as I mentioned, they keep for such a long time. It had been in there for probably a few weeks. And I thought, oh, I can use this and it'll be delicious with the flavor of the olives, delicious with the flavor of the fish. And in fact, I like to use a smoked albacore tuna that I purchased from Chuck Seafood in Charleston for this dish. You can also find it online or at a good quality natural food store that has a variety of canned fish options, smoked albacore tuna, just a tiny can, just a few ounces makes a huge difference in this dish. But you start by dicing up that fennel bulb for a single serving of pasta if you have a small-ish bulb, half the bulb should be fine. It kind of depends on how much of that flavor you want. The whole bulb for two servings or more would work well. Dice it up as you would an onion and start 
sauteing it just lightly over medium low heat. You don't really want it browned so much in this dish. It more should be softened. And you can do that in, again, a combination of butter and olive oil. If you want to sort of keep with the Italian pasta theme, all olive oil is fine. A couple of tablespoons is what it's going to take to soften this diced fennel bulb down. And it might take 10 minutes stirring occasionally. While you're doing that, you can mince up a fresh garlic clove, quarter some Kalamata olives or other brine cured olives if you prefer a green olive, for example. Pitted olives are easiest, but if you need to pull the pits out, you can do that at this point. And quarter those olives. A handful of capers is really nice, maybe a tablespoon rinse those to remove any of the excess salt and roughly chop those. I also really like fresh flat leaf parsley in this dish. That's maybe a couple of tablespoons minced parsley. And if you have fronds that are still intact on the fennel, if it's been in the fridge a while, the ones that are um, innermost will stay intact, the shortest and closest to the bulb. You can mince up however many of those you like, but they won't impart a ton of flavor. You're doing all of this while the fennel bulb is sauteing. You should have a pot of water on to boil. You can use any sort of long strand pasta in this. Linguine is fine. Spaghetti I think is great. Even thin spaghetti or angel hair salt the pasta water and make sure you have plenty for the quantity of pasta that you're cooking. Once the fennel is nicely softened, you can add the garlic. And the garlic, of course, shouldn't brown either or tends to get bitter. Just stir it around for about 30 seconds until it becomes fragrant. I also like to shake maybe just an eighth of a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. I kind of just scatter them around the pan. Dried red pepper flakes. It's pretty traditional in a lot of Italian pastas and just gives it a nice little kick. Stir that again for about 30 seconds until you can smell the garlic and the spices. And then on top of that garlic and red pepper flake, squeeze in about two tablespoons of tomato paste from a tube, which that's available on the pasta and pasta sauce aisles in most grocery stores. I like to keep the tomato paste in the tube on hand because it's really handy for a lot of things. You're not opening a whole can of tomato paste. If all you have is a can of tomato paste, spoon out about two tablespoons of the tomato paste into the pan and stir just so it gets incorporated and gets kind of a nice toasty aroma as well. When the tomato paste is kind of all stirred in and coating all of these vegetables and garlic, deglaze the pan with about a quarter cup white wine or dry sherry works as well. Raise the heat a little bit just so it's bubbling, continuing to stir this, letting the liquid simmer off a little bit. At this point in time, if your pasta water is boiling, you can add the pasta, cook it until it's al dente. You can kind of leave the sauce, just set it off to the side and wait until the pasta is done cooking. Sometimes my timing is a little bit off on this. But the gist is that you want to have the sauce in the pan and transfer the cooked pasta to the pan with the sauce. That's, I think, what makes the most pleasing and light pan sauce. Admittedly, this is not going to be like a goopy spaghetti sauce texture. If you like heavy spaghetti sauces, you can use all these flavors and incorporate the fennel and the olives and the fish in the same way and just use 
tomato sauce from a jar if you prefer that. I like more lightly sauced pastas. So once the pasta is done cooking, again, spaghetti, linguine, angel hair, using tongs, I find, is the easiest way. Transfer the pasta to the pan with the fennel, tomato, garlic sauce. If you've turned off the heat, turn it back on and raise it up a little bit to medium to start getting that sauce absorbed into the pasta. That's one reason to cook pasta until al dente because it will continue to absorb some of that sauce. And the water clinging to the pasta from its cooking water will help all of this come together and the tomato and fennel to all stick to the pasta. If you need to add more cooking water to make it come together, maybe a couple of tablespoons is a good argument for just keeping it in the pot rather than straining the whole thing off. If you need to strain it to get all the strands of pasta, just scoop out a, maybe a half cup pasta cooking water in a measuring cup. Once that pan sauce is all incorporated into the pasta, at this point you can add the quartered Kalamata olives, the handful of capers, the smoked canned albacore tuna that you just kind of broken up a little bit, and the fresh herbs. I like to add them at the very end because it just retains all their flavors and keeps this dish really bright rather than kind of cooking all this in the sauce as the pasta is boiling and toss it all together. And this can be topped with some grated Parmesan cheese or Pecorino Romano. It doesn't necessarily need cheese. Garnish this the way you like. I like a really good quality olive oil. Just drizzle extra virgin olive oil right on the top of my pasta. Just you know, maybe a teaspoon. It's really, really delicious. And that's sort of my play on pasta puttanesca with fennel. And I think a good argument for getting acquainted with this vegetable and starting to incorporate it into some of your dishes. You can find lots of suggestions, almost 70, in fact, in the archives of my blogs, which is at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. And you can type fennel. F-E-N-N-E-L, into the search field at the top right-hand side of the screen to pull up posts dating back about a dozen years to 2007 when I first started writing my blog. Again, that's the whole dish. The current posts are available at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.